0: Am. So you drove all the way in here, man. I'm impressed. Thanks. I'm impressed you came in. I oh, gotta yeah, pull this up. Let me get this mic up next to you. There you go. Is that way I need you, yeah, I need you like right on that Okay, all right. Yeah. No like, sweat. You know them drummers, some goddamn drummers. Singers, you know, really singers, singers, drummers, <laughs> drummers, singers, same thing, I think,
1: right? Oh man. Unbelievable. So what's going on, brother? Not much. Um I know there's a lot going on. There's, there's it's a loaded, ton, it's loaded questions. Ton going on. Um first off, wow the new digs really really nice. It's a little nutty in here. <laughs> but it but it looks great. Uh, you know, there is still some kind of a uh there's some kind of a thing that's happening that makes it all make sense. You oh, know? there's a thing. I don't know what that
0: thing is exactly, but there, it, there's definitely a thing going on in here. Yeah, it's really nice. It looks <laughs> well, great. Thank buddy. you, man. So congrats. congrats. Same, same vibe? Do you feel like the same vibe generally as the other one?
1: Yeah, just uh just bigger and better. That's all
0: yeah it's definitely bigger in here um it took, I will tell you it took me four or five shows Joe before I started to feel good i mean I was the first show I did shame on me but I had everything in its place all the cameras lined up right everything was good but I didn't do a dry run oh and I was like whoa I got this new air conditioning system here which is fantastic but um I needed to learn about you know um I need to learn about sound, you know, noise reduction and all SDC that stuff. SDC ratings and, and all that. Did, no, then I, for the first show, you'll you'll appreciate this. One of the mics had a lot of interference, a lot of RF interference. Right. It would sound like he was it was real hollow, really bizarre. And here, I think, um, although all the cables are supposed to be shielded, whatever that means, mm-hmm. one of the cables, I guess, was wrapped around a power cable underneath, connected to one of these crazy lights. And it was causing some kind of RF thing. Oh, so I'm learning as I go, right? Because I'm a one man
1: show. I do it all. Yeah, and
0: you're we're you're, you're okay.
1: You're, mean, you're the engineer,
0: I guess. You are hey, the engineer. I'm the least qualified person to do anything analytical <laughs> or anything engineering wise. I, I, I know. mean I Yeah, did. I, I mean, got you. You guys are you you performing musicians have to have a little bit of that production bent to you, right? I at mean, least you do at least a little bit of it. Yeah, you have a little more than a little bit. So,
1: some some are better than others at it. You know. What do but. you use in terms of mics? I mean, like, when you like your drums, do you have a specific brand you dig? Um, well, I I love sure yeah. mics. I, I, do, um, too. I there's, do, too. I do, too. But there's so many options. Um, with our band, we have Lee Marks is the yeah. guy who is our front of house engineer, and he's way into it. He knows... He, Everything about killer mics and yeah. how to mic the kit and how to mic the band. and mm-hmm. you know I'm thankful because I'm not super technical when it comes to that. Well, I, the reason so, I
0: ask is sometimes drummers are real specific. I was reading an article about about John Bonham and he yeah. was just so fanatical about where his mic placement was and he sure. would get in these big rows with the producer or the engineer because yeah. they would try to move his mic and he's like, look, I will play and adapt. Right. One of my other guests I think turned me on to that and I went and dug in a little bit and that's exactly what it was. He would get pissed off Because he wanted a mic a certain spot and then he would play according you know, volume wise and Yeah. He would play to the
1: actual recording. He knew enough about how his sound was. No doubt. And mic placements huge. And it would only be worse for him now with option anxiety. With all the mics available now and the ways that drums are mic'd in the way that everything's mic'd yeah. and multiple mics on one kick drum and snare drum 100 percent. it would only be worse <laughs> get this right up to your mouth for me buddy. sure no no you don't have to bend you can move that up to yeah there yep. you go
0: yeah these these um these are these are sure nice. sb7s so they're the best broadcasting mic i could afford but you kind of have to like be right on them no doubt and i'm trying to figure that out too because i've got guests now they're doing this these things they're sitting back right you're Like him pontificating, and I'm like, Please, for the love of all that's holy, put your mouth up to get the up, microphone, get up on the mic, lead yeah, singer. man. So, um, right, right out of the gun here, you guys uh have a pretty big gig happening at Stage AE.
1: We do, let's uh, uh, let's hear about it. Well, uh, June 25th, uh, next Saturday, and uh, next Saturday, uh, Sun oh, King Warriors filming, yeah, yeah. Uh, playing with the Clarks uh, outdoors stage ae um i mean i've i've played this show before with them it's just it's one of my favorites and we're just you know we're blessed very very thrilled to be playing it so i think doors are at six and we'll play probably an hour and 15 i think it is we have we have a great set prepared and then and then the Clarks are the headliner um i mean it's Buddy, it's the best therapy. There's just not. Uh, there's no therapy imagine. better than that. I can't imagine. <sighs> Outdoor, a couple thousand people. Cannot wait. Cannot wait. Yeah. So, this is um, your first time playing stage A.E.? No, uh, I've played stage A E outdoors and indoors. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it, it indoors is you know more weather permitting or for size. I forget the exact amount, but I want to say indoors is like twenty five hundred. Yeah. seats I think yeah. and then outdoors I think is 5000. Yeah. So, a little um, bigger. A little bigger. Yeah. So I've played both um but I don't know. I it's not it's not the kind of gig that I get to play a ton, so I'm looking it. Well, you cherish them, to, then, right? I, yeah, I cherish them. I'm I'm looking forward to it as if it's the first time I ever played there. You know. Huh. So I can't wait. That's such a great great venue. Really yeah, really it,
0: nice. It definitely is, and especially when the weather's
1: nice. <sighs> Well, let's don't don't jinx it. I won't jinx it for you, man. <laughs> but I mean, the PA there, Ugh, it's prof- the facility itself—it's just so great. Uh-huh. So I can't wait. I'm just uh, I'm just really, really thankful and um, just happy that we're going to be there doing this thing. I can't wait. That's June 25th. June 25th, Saturday. Yeah. Yep. Man. Doors at six. So you're now an Ohio
0: resident because you moved from Pittsburgh to Ohio. What was yep. that? So almost two years ago right just about, about? a year and a half a almost a half. Yeah.
1: yeah 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 so how are you digging in Ohio um well I I almost feel bad saying this because I'm a Pittsburgher <laughs> and you know I grew up in Wilkins Township yep. in Churchill yep my whole life I was there until I was 51 years old right um but you kind of like Ohio but I really you? like Ohio <laughs> <laughs> and um I don't know I don't know I it's I, close
0: enough, though. I mean, you are be back all the time. It's not a big Yeah, drive. I'm
1: back for every show. And I have, you know, my family yeah, is it's not here. A big, my my mother try. and my sister um, and my cousins are all in Pittsburgh. And for shows, I'll, I'm back. And um, so a lot of the time, I'm <coughs> driving in on Friday to Pittsburgh uh, and then, you know, do whatever gigs I have. Right. Um, take my mother to breakfast on Sunday morning and then drive back mm-hmm. to I'm in uh, Coventry, Ohio is really? where I am or Portage Lakes area. Yeah, so, right so I'm sort of in between uh, Akron and Canton. Canton. Yeah. So it's an hour and 45. Yeah, you drive for your job anyways. It's right. right. I mean, you're always driving. Constantly. You get it. I mean, Constantly I'm driving, too. It's like, you know,
0: go love them gas prices.
1: Man. Uh, I, oh, I, I'm a big fan. <laughs> He's a big fan. I'm <laughs> a you're big that? fan. <laughs> oh, <horrible. laughs>
0: so, OK. Last time we spoke, I think it was, man, I think, boy, I think we were kind of like in the height of that pandemic thing. I think we were in the height of it, right? And things were yeah. changed. Then you came back with uh, Jim. Yeah. And we did a show uh, as the ebb, I think the hopefully the pandemic was starting to ebb. Um, You're gigging again. So I want to ask you what I've asked other artists on here. Are you feeling anything that resembles pre- 2020 or is it is it it look the same but kind of have a different feel to it are people gorked out are they
1: what do you what are you feeling out there performing now Uh, that's I think that's a good way to put it um it's getting back to normal right um the vibe is not exactly the same. People were excited to go back out and see shows and play shows. You feel that up there? I I feel it. I think the band is just thrilled to be working again. Right. Um, crowds, they're happy. Um, but the vibe is different. I'm a firm believer that um, COVID is, well, it's, it, it has changed things. Maybe not permanently, but the vibe is different and people were just a little more cautious and i get it i, I get it everybody has their own way of, yeah, sure. of dealing with it um but like gig wise for the most part we're just ready to go and that's great mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but it's i still can't say it's oh it's totally like pre-covid no so if you had to articulate what the difference would be is it art can you articulate or is it just a feeling it's it's mainly just a feeling um even away from stages i i look at um places of business that still have the plexiglass right right people, some right, people right. still wear masks yeah um this is just how it's going to be for a while um and it's fine certainly well well
0: considering where we came from to where we are now we'll take it
1: yeah oh definitely
0: yeah. the um, I'd be interested to, to get the following from you. I had an interesting picture sent to me by uh, a friend of mine. And it basically, I think I even posted to social media. You may or may not have seen it. But it, it basically was a photo from a fan. They took a, f- a shot of uh, Paul Stanley of Kiss flying out over the audience. <laughs> and the photo was wide angle shot. Right. And. The point of the photo, to me, wasn't really Paul Stanley or him flying or this little stage he was going to be propped up on. It was the fact that the swath of humanity, everybody had their cell phone up and taking, I guess, either a still picture or a video. And the point of the picture to me was like, wow, look at
1: this. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, you, you guys are at the show right yeah. <laughs> we used yeah. to watch
0: videos at home because we couldn't go to a show right then when you finally got to go to the show you were at the fucking show yes re- ready to enjoy it and um, and now look at this now right so we have you ever in your moments so you you know you, the larger crowds you play you're out there does it you, ever gorky out, you look out there and go Jesus Christ it's, all it is
1: is camera phones and
0: do you recognize that
1: yeah you um, see it oh yeah and um Sign of the times, you know, I guess um, I, I don't love it, but I do. Those are people who are there supporting you and watching the watching the gig and watching you play. So I value that over everything. Um, but I do want to if I could scream at them in a parallel universe and say, you're here. Just 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 be present and watch. I mean, in a way, that can sound arrogant or pretentious, but I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, how often do you, how often do you look at those videos after the gig? Maybe you do a few times, or you wanted to show someone else, or you wanted to post it on social media. Mm-hmm. But the amount, I'm guilty of it too. When I we go all on are. vacation, when I we all are when I'm in Vegas or where, where I'm down when I'm down in Miami, I take too many photos as if I need to get videos and photos of everything I'm doing. Or down it there. didn't happen, right? And that's that's a, a phenomenon. Yes, right? it is because that's yes, a, it is, th- and that's
0: not specific to any one person. That's a cultural phenomenon. I know. Like, isn't reality really isn't good enough anymore? I don't think unless we're documenting it. Yeah, and uh, like there's some kind of arbitrary body we have to prove to that we actually. Did this particular thing? Sure, it's a, It's really like a. Like we're all drunk. Yeah, because we're. Some, you know, we we feel this compulsion to prove
1: we did something. Right, but why? And to who? Right, and um, who is actually wanting that? Yes, who do you need to prove it to? Number yeah. one, yeah. and why do you need to prove it? Yeah, uh, I know. I, I mean, uh, I always ask musicians because I mean, you guys see it first hand oh yeah oh yeah um on one hand like i said i'm just happy that someone cares enough to want to take a photo and they dig it and i guess that's also, great
0: also there's probably advantages if they're putting that on social that's obviously helping the
1: band with their marketing it's a push yes that you guys don't have to do yourself no doubt but the the, the, the problem can be with that that if you're having a bad night or if you don't sound good on a particular night, that happens. People, it actually happens. Yeah, it does. <laughs> does it that does. really happen? S- Joe? sometimes. <laughs> For me, it only happens once every leap year. But, uh, yeah, it does happen. And, um, I love that people want to post it and because it's they do feel like they're helping the band and they are most of the time. But if you're having a bad night and someone posts something, and that goes out. That can go viral. Uh, Somewhat, viral. it can, and then it could be really painful. And they thought they were helping, um, but everybody in the crowd doesn't always know if the band's having a killer night or if a particular musician just isn't feeling it on a particular well, game. You,
0: well, you folks will be way more critical of yourselves than oh yeah, hearing things that no one in the audience is going to true. know
1: about. Definitely true.
0: So uh, luckily, there's that. Yeah. But no, I, I totally get it. I just think that we have a hard time being present.
1: Oh, definitely. You didn't really have much of a choice, whatever. Fifteen, twenty years ago, right? You you were present. That's because, all you had, right? Because you didn't have this as an option. But um, I I think it was I think it was Bill Burr, great comedian, who said, "Go ahead, just try to be away from this thing, and go take a walk in the woods." Within half an hour, most people will be freaking out. Their blood starts boiling, fear of missing out, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, what's going on? Am I, miss, am I missing something? Not just emergency phone calls or whatever, but knowing what's going on in the world. This is not always good. Okay. That's fascinating. You said that because
0: I was embarrassed uh, about my addiction to my device being attached to me or close by, Yeah. I started taking these long walks every day. That's mm-hmm. all right, right? Busting it joint up <laughs> just pops right back on, man. Look at that! Look How pretty. I know. Reckon it's just those like, guys that have to grab the microphone. It's either guests have this compulsion to do something with this or they don't. Singers. Funny thing. Maybe. Yeah, right? Could be. Anyways. Can't take me anywhere. I can't take me. <laughs> um, I had to. I admit to myself that I have this compulsion, like I want to see if something's going on or I'm missing something, did I miss a text, did I miss an email? Because I don't use like audible notifications and I don't use vibrate. My notifications just arrive at my phone and I just know to glance at it. That made things worse. Yes, definitely. If I hadn't, and I'm think if you had all these notifications that would drive you nuts, but at least there would be an alert. I don't have that alert, so I have to... I create my own mechanism to right. deal with to it. remember to look. You got it. So that made things worse. So what I did was I basically got I put my phone in a sleep mode. And I would just listen to my music or podcast, whatever I downloaded, but I put my phone in sleep mode and I take it out. Wouldn't work. I'd invariably find myself 30 minutes in, pulling it out of sleep mode as I'm walking and looking for something. And checking it. So finally I went and I got an old school iPod from 2005 or something. I just downloaded my music and podcast so, there. So yeah. she so you can just listen leave to leave the phone at home. And I will tell you for a couple of weeks, man, it gorked me out until I conditioned myself that this is my norm for these 90 minutes. Joe, I'm not going to be connected to this thing out there. Right, man. It's like a drug,
1: man. But Once I got past it just say that you can reform yourself. You can. <laughs> you can. It's I mean, you you already did it. You'll remember how it was before cell phones. Do you ever think about pre-95? 96? Yeah, I do. No,
0: no cell phones. Do you think about pre? I say the internet generally 95, 96 before it started to get mainstream. Do you think about pre-95? Do you remember life and what, what it was like? And- I
1: do. I do. I, 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 I do. And um, there's parts of it that I prefer. Mm-hmm. I think many people would say that. Um not that there's not. I don't want to just completely be dumping all over technology itself. Oh, so there's of there's a lot not. of great advantages to this, certainly. Um, but certainly. it's there's a, there's a there's a lot that's negative too. So yeah, when I think about just just the late '90s, a lot of things were better, um, and it mainly is about presence. Mm-hmm. I
0: loved the concept of a cell phone until social media was born. I mean, having the internet on my way through a Blackberry device or something it was kind of cool touch screen, when the first touchscreens came out. But when social media, that whole thing just overtook what a cell phone was initially created oh, for. No doubt. Right? I mean, like, no doubt. I mean, early Blackberries, I mean, I saw, I, I actually, my little claim to fame is I sold the first Blackberry in 97 in Pittsburgh, it was an 850 wasn't a touchscreen. It was monochrome and had three lines on it. But you could get your email on your waist. Oh. Fantastic. Right. Then it became a little bigger and bigger screen. And got color. Not great. But it was really functional. Yeah. You could respond to emails on your waist, which I thought was like, it could, life could never get better than this. Yeah. Then the screen started showing you the web content. It's pretty cool, I guess. Slippery slope. Yeah, but it wasn't until... You know, MySpace wasn't really a presence there, but it wasn't really until Facebook became accessible on these phones right around 2008 or 9 or 10, maybe 2010. Yeah, Man, it overtook what this, I think,
1: what the cell phone was initially intended to do. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. Um, and, I, you know, I love it for promoting music. Love yeah. it for promoting gigs. I love it for hearing about what my friends are doing um, musically. But as soon as it's not about something artistic and creative, it can turn sour real quick. You can learn. You can find out about things that it would be better if you didn't know about. So No um, question. So um, in that regard, phones can bring a lot of horror to your life (laughs) that wasn't supposed to be there or that you didn't need to know about. Yes. So.
0: Okay, two two ways we can go there. Let me ask you this: When you think back before the internet, you think your pre ninety five days. And you say there's aspects of life that you liked better before then. Now, granted, we were younger men then, but we were in our early twenties. I'm a little older than you, so generally we were you know late teens, early twenties. What give me give me the things that you liked better pre ninety five aspects of life.
1: Um, well, they say like, you know, ignorance is bliss. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a a lot of the, a lot of my, a lot of the things I thought back then were just, I mean, I know I was playing drums a ton and practicing a ton, but boy, um, internet and phones aside, what I thought of the world at that time versus the way I see it now. Wow. I was really really naive back then um completely separate from the internet and when you when the internet gets introduced to the whole mix that is just everything magnified so the good and the bad of the world are magnified through the internet and through your phone and all, all, all of those things so now it's all right in front of your face and sometimes because you're conditioned to look at it Again, like I said, you're seeing things that it would have been better had you not seen at all. It's, I think the Internet is just magnifying all of it, the good and the bad, into your face. Um, So that wasn't there in the mid-'90s and the late-'90s. It was better not knowing about a lot of stuff. Well, I think that's 100% right. And
0: I, I also believe that to add on to that, we now care about things we probably shouldn't really spend too much time on because our impact is very little right i would agree with that you know we can't really impact these things but we're we're, no. we're, we're, we're devoting a lot of mental energy
1: toward things that really are not yeah um dead on i don't know dead on um and i think that that's where the mental health part of it comes in it's if 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 things are pissing you off that you see that people say on the internet or on social media or whatever you got to stop and think do do i need to comment here i know this comment that someone else made pissed me off but do i need to be involved probably not um and again you didn't have that issue a while ago. But a lot of that no, is, is being able to be your own filter and being strong enough to know what to immediately scroll past. Don't need it. Don't, I don't need th- it. I don't think
0: that, but that that takes a lot of discipline. A lot of thought has to go into that. I and mean, humans are
1: lazy now. Yeah, they so. are. They are. But if I weren't able to dissect and get rid of those things that that piss me off or offend me or whatever, if I had to make a big deal out of every one of those things, I don't know where I'd be. I'd be in a mental institution. I mean, could you imagine <laughs> us having this
0: uh, type of connectivity when we were kids? Yeah, I don't know if it would have been good. I don't think it'd be good. I know it's cliche where people from our generation always say, "Oh, thank God we didn't have it when we were kids." Well, there's a lot of validity to that. I mean, there not because we, yeah, we were fucking up a lot, doing a lot of crazy shit that we wouldn't want recorded. I get that, no doubt. But, um. I also think that there was a different social climate then. Morals were different. Things were different. And, um, again, not saying better, not saying worse. They were just different for the sake of our conversation. But that makes the idea of having all that stuff recorded even more complex. It sure does. And is that a good thing? Probably
1: not. Probably not. Uh, What about dating back then? I mean like you know cuz um well you know I I will I will say it's nice to uh it's nice to be able to research someone who you're newly hanging out with, yeah, to make sure they're not a psycho killer or whatever it <laughs> so, always helps, so you can do that that's you're, you're, cool. We were kind of winging it in the early nineties mm-hmm. <laughs> well, we uh, there's we only it. there's only so much information oh, you can yeah. get from your friends or from whoever uh, wh- whoever recommended you should start hanging out with someone right, so you had to find out oftentimes the hard way that it, that it was a really bad idea from the get go, and you just wasted a lot of time, so Uh, I think that is a really great thing about Google and the Internet in Mm -hmm. general. Um, But the human condition
0: is the same. I think people are still having the same troubles today that they had prior Internet.
1: It's just different, right? Yeah, and magnified, magnified. Um, Narcissism and uh, manipulative conversation and um, knowing how to detect that. Yeah. knowing how to get away from it um that all still remains the same maybe you get more practice right. because of the internet and you right. see it more you often see more examples you sorry. see more examples and maybe as you get older you start to be able to to detect it easy mm-hmm. more easily and mm-hmm. i know i have been able to um but it's still up to you to do that processing right and detect i really don't like the way that sounded um And I'm not just talking about bullshitting in general. I mean, all the finer points of talking about this, but needing this to happen. Ulterior motives. Selective outrage. It's you got to be able to read between the lines and filter that out. Do we know too much about each other now? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Especially. With people who you connect with on social media from thirty years ago, from school or whatever, and they're you know they're recommended for you to friend, and Uh you do you you friend them because it's nice to see their face sometimes. Yeah, but then you know, but then but then you're seeing way too much about them and you and you realize man retroactively i didn't know this much about that person when i was in college with them or when i went to school with them yeah now i know way too much um
0: yeah <laughs> it's, it's not always
1: good uh, no the, 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 one of the best things about
0: facebook for me and facebook's the main arena that i i because my brain can't handle all these different social media apps like you know I don't have a Twitter. I don't have a. I, I don't. I, I. don't even have a LinkedIn. I guess realtors should. Sure. I don't. I don't have. Um, I don't have an Instagram and Facebook. I don't have Snapchat and the rest of it. But in Facebook, it was fascinating to me that I was really enjoying connecting with people from my childhood or whatever. That's generally kind of fun. Yeah, that's great. But once in a while, you would be connected with someone from your childhood, and either. Their same bullshit that they were as a child, the same tendencies, the same stuff, the same that you kind of remember. It's a long time ago, yeah. But you kind of remember they haven't changed, and right. the the blocking concept has been. I mean, I, I will tell tell you point blank. I have unfollowed and blocked so many people, oftentimes not out of any malice, right? Not out of any, I just. Just better that you do. I just don't want to be in my in the virtual sphere. My life is better if they are gone, right? Because I'm never gonna, I'm generally never gonna run into them in the real world, right? Which I think is still most important, sure. But I don't need to see them, and I think eliminating that nonsense from my life is really, really helped the quality of my online life. Yes. Now, when I tell people that, they think that's very harsh. I don't think it's harsh. No, I'm not doing it to hurt anybody. It's editing. It's editing. Good way of putting it, Joe.
1: Right. And, you know, what if they live in Nebraska? <laughs> Which
0: okay. is sometimes the case.
1: Right. So why? What's? Uh, yeah. I, is it hurting anything? Well,
0: again, that, that goes to the whole uber sensitive thing. People think that they, they're looking for a problem. They're looking to be aggrieved. Oh. I'm not insulting oh. anybody. I, if I don't want this person in my sphere because I got a little taste of them. Yeah. It's nothing what I remember, or it's everything I remember, but right. it's not for me right now.
1: Yeah, and it's taking I up just, space. It's taking up it's space taking in your up, life. It's
0: just taking up space. And I, and so I'm in this weird sphere where I have all these old Boogie Street connections and Boogie Street customers are sure. through the, and they're all there. Then I have all my realtor sphere, and then I have my personal life. And then when they all meld together, it's generally pretty good. Sometimes it's not. It <laughs> <And> be overload.
1: <laughs> and I'm learning to edit yeah, because otherwise, the PA is feeding back, right on, or, man. Your, or your amp is feeding back. It's too much.
0: It is too much, and and that's where, when we talk about pre ninety five or today, it's today. I think it's entirely too much. Yeah.
1: all the time it is. Well, okay. every one all the time. So we're back to editing again. You've got yes. to edit yourself. You know, you got to do the editing yourself. It was so much easier
0: pre ninety five. Editing was. wasn't a hard thing at all. I took that phone number and threw it in the trash. Right. I
1: mean, <laughs> Over. Unless they came to my door and knocked on the door, they're not going to reach me. Right. right. I mean. Absolutely true. So uh, there's no question it was more simplified back then. Um, but I still think that the content of, of the human condition is often the same. There's just more of it, the good and the bad. The ugly, the brilliant—it's all shoved in your face now, and it's multiple times a day. So you gotta—you gotta weed out what needs to be weeded out. That's all.
0: Yeah, that's so hard, though. Uh, it it's so is. Hard. It's you're, lo- it's, you're in business, so it's—it's it's complex for you. Yep. I'm in business, and I have this thing, and and I happen to also have moved back to my hometown. That added another level of complexity because. I'm being contacted by other people from my past. Oh, you're Some, back. most of them, fantastic. Yeah, but most of them, you know, probably not for my life today. Does that make any sense? Not no, trying to be harsh. Right. I mean, it has nothing to do with their their economic status, nothing to do with their social status, nothing to do with their academic status. Yeah. It's just that I don't have enough hours in the day to to be this long lost friend because I I just. That wouldn't be doing a service to this other person. That's right. Does that make any sense? Yeah. So it's better to to do nothing and have nothing there. Yeah. And people are going to listen to this and watch this and say, we're too, too dirty, Yeah. ignorant people who just are doing people dirty when they're just trying to be kind Ooh, and connect right. with us. Well, some of them are. Yeah.
1: Because I would only agree so that. many hours in the day. That's right. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's, you know that's what neil peard said uh, you know I, I can't believe i can't pretend a stranger is a long awaited oh, right. friend um in your case that is some people who you knew long ago mm-hmm. but it's really the same kind of thing for a situation like that it's been decades and we're not in the same place now i'll give you a case in point uh, man this is just perfect timing
0: like uh i connected over this kid for his insane love of music when we were a kid and rush was a was a thing and and i lost track of him 30 years ago 35 years ago 40 years ago practically wow and when he tried to come back into my digital sphere and and all that i gave it a shot and he was completely different odd you know <laughs> i'm odd but I, I sensed there was things just just weren't right yeah and the barrage of emails and text messages and then getting, it just got weird. I had to just wait. I much. don't have time for this. Wait, nothing much. personal. I mean, I wish everybody the best. Yeah. It's not a vindictive thing, No. but I'm just indifferent to the circumstance. I just, it, there's no value to me there. You know, I, I totally. It hear. Yes. But it's hard to, it's hard to articulate that because people want to look, you know, people want to come from a negative place and it wasn't that it just, I can't do it. There's only so many hours. That's right. And I think, let me ask you this. Do you think social media has, I mean, (laughs) Facebook did the humanity, a terrible injustice when they called your Facebook connection a friend, right? They could have called it anything else. Yes. Connection. Right. Buddy, yes. Anything yes. but friend. Because right. they co-opted the word. And when Facebook co-opted the word, they fucked up the definition. Because yeah. before Facebook, the
1: definition of a friend was definitely different. Yeah. Way closer and way more involved in your life. And a friend, what the definition that we know of for that word. Um, now, a friend is... Oh, my goodness. I don't know what a friend is. Right. right. <laughs> it's, it's anybody who you, who you might view. I mean, my, my last, my, my real Facebook page that I had for 11 years got hacked. And I've not been able to recover it because Facebook doesn't have any customer service to speak of no, whatsoever. It they do not. It doesn't, it doesn't it's exist. Everything's digital. You have to send right. emails or whatever. But that doesn't work either. But anyway, I had 5,000 friends on there. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like, kind of where I'm sitting now. Right. It's impossible. It's impossible. It's impossible. I couldn't possibly have that many no. friends. No. So, yeah, you're right. It's a, it's a misuse of the word. But maybe we're normalizing now. Oh, yeah, that's your friend. That's your friend. That's your friend. That's your friend. And and then f- uh, f- 5,000 more times. Well, in, but in theory, it's a, it's a nice idea.
0: Uh, but you can't they facebook has co-opted the word yeah. i did they just have the the word friend does not mean what it meant no. before social media absolutely and true and our kids my kids don't know any different like they i mean my my kids are 21 and 19 so they kind of maybe know what a real friend is yeah. in theory but i kids that are probably in you know from they're ten now or twelve. All they know, of friends, is what this social media platform told them the definition is. It's what they were born into. Yeah, man. I, Completely it, different. It's, it is different. I mean, I, I think I think humanity should take that word
1: back, you know, or create another word because, you know, it's uh, y- right. I mean, I don't. Is it? Is it some some kind of easier way to say social media acquaintance? Maybe that's still or too connection, strong. connection. Right. Or social you know, media connection. Buddy. I, yeah. don't, I don't know. Like, but it shouldn't it, be as heavy as friend.
0: And I don't think the creators wanted to... Were thinking about that back when they were doing it in the garage. Right. No. But man, it really fucked things up. Yep. Oh, the, I agree. The definition of what that even means now. Totally agree. Like, how... <laughs> when you're... What's the most frustrating part about it for you as a musician? It's when you go out. Has anybody ever like gotten upset with you because you first off didn't recognize them because you really didn't know them, but you were
1: connected on social media. So they oh, yeah. get insulted when you don't know them off the top of your head. Yes. A lot of anxiety uh, from me because I do feel bad, especially if they've commented or they've, co- they've complimented me before or they've been to been to several of our shows right you feel like you're supposed to remember well um to a degree you are supposed to remember but um it's impossible i'm lucky that the number of people who know me is much more Mm -hmm. than the number of people who i know that just goes with the territory absolutely so i and then i have a 53 year old brain now so i do not remember names that well yeah there are there are musicians who i've played with not just once but i've done several gigs with over the years and i i yeah. i can hear them talking i can see their face i just can't remember their yeah, names yeah that's just a human thing that's just a human thing and yeah. that, you know that doesn't mean i don't love them but I don't always recall the name. So, yeah, when when anyone, especially a fan of the band, because you want to be as gracious as possible 100%. to anybody who's digging what you're doing and bought the album, you know, and all of that and has questions, you want to be totally cool about that and be as accommodating to them as possible. But if you end up pl- playing the pronoun game with them because you can't remember their name, they're going to be quite insulted yeah. that – i didn't remember their name and yeah. i get it because i'm not great at remembering names to begin with but i'm put to the test when it comes to gigs yeah. on that and um again i'm not going to complain one bit because i could be in my basement sure playing into no one sure and then that would solve the problem <laughs> you know so you, you get my point oh yeah you know? yeah
0: 100 i i mean where do you think we're going like in regards to social media if you if you had to like look look in the society five years, 10 years. I mean, hopefully we're all still here, right? There's no, no massive war or the aliens don't come and grab us. Right. But I mean, can it
1: get any more messy now than it already is? Uh, yes, it can. I think it can get messier. I think we're moving towards fiction. Moving toward fiction. Yeah, okay. I do. I do. Okay. Um, And, again you talk about like hurting people's feelings and whatnot right um are you noticing now that it is a real problem to shame someone Mm -hmm. even if it's totally justified and the content totally shows you that this person did something that's just lunacy and really stupid and is not redeeming in any way or whatnot and uh that might be true, but don't shame them. It's like shaming shame. Okay, that's funny you brought that word. Because that's been the typical, uh, or the probably the most used
0: word on the podcast in the past four or five episodes? Oh, we've been bouncing it around. So I'm going to ask you the question: Can what do you define shame at? Is what do you define shame as in 2022? And do we? Do we even care? Does shame even hold any weight in society
1: anymore? Um, man, this is this is deep. That's <laughs> what we do, buddy. This is deep. That's what we do, man. Yeah. Um, look, I want to be shamed or at least criticized if I do something stupid. I want that. Uh, you know, you call it constructive criticism if you want to do it as as diplomatically as needed, but. If When I screw something up, I want to grow from it and there's growth there, Mm -hmm. teachable moment, and I want to fix it so that I, A, don't have to be shamed again. But that's not really the most important part. The most important part is growing and learning from it and fixing that mistake. 100%. That's why I love recording gigs all the time as much as I possibly can. Because there's a lot of things I notice about my play, my playing as a drummer. The morning after, when I'm listening back to the gig, that I didn't notice while playing on stage. Okay. So when you listen back and listen to yourself, okay, there are things where you shame yourself. What the hell did I play that for? You know, and even maybe even other drummers or whatever would be like, yeah, well, hey Joe, you you know you. Yeah, lead a bad performance on that song it happens and i'm like yeah i sure did <laughs> i do yeah. not want to be accusing anyone right. of being mean or uh, it's like somehow offensive to me that someone pointed it out i'll never improve mm-hmm. i'll never improve if people aren't shaming me Call yeah. it constructive criticism, yeah. maybe it would be better, but I think that the the embellishment part of like it's all shame now, you're not allowed to criticize. you're not allowed to constructively criticize because it's all shame now. great point. So again, social media magnifies everything, and as long as someone doesn't like the fact that you shamed someone because they already like that person or whatever, mm-hmm. then it's on you for shaming them, right? So, again, shaming shame, and I don't care if you were accurate or not. It's not about about the content. It's about you shaming, so what the hell's wrong with you? 100%. So, a couple things. First,
0: shame, I think, is lost. I think that in a different context beyond constructive criticism, we'll get there, but the idea that people are doing outrageous things in society – Today, fifteen years ago, the last twenty-ish years, maybe it started with Bill Clinton and what happened in the White House and how it was publicized. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was the kind of a start of a you know tamping down the morals and let any, anything kind of goes maybe. society. Sure, maybe maybe. Um, it's just an event. The Kardashian mother selling the sex tape of the daughter and then building a, an empire based on the notoriety. I think that kind of tapped down the moral fiber. Maybe right, maybe. But it seems like now the more outrageous things are, the more crude they are, the more sexually explicit they are, whatever, the more violent they are. If it if the end product brings notoriety and or money to the person doing it, we somehow kind of give it a pass. Right. And and that is part of why I think the culture is sick. You know,
1: I mean, I don't know. It's just me. You, you're not, not going to hear a syllable of opposition from me on that. It's what you're saying is true. I mean, it's just that simple. Um, and I don't think it was that way as much 25 years ago. Before the web. Right. And definitely before social media. Right. Right. Um, if you're flat out mean about it, well, then, yeah, you shouldn't be shaming but when you bring up a great point because someone just acted like an asshole mm-hmm. on some given event, mm-hmm. you should have the right to do that without getting this barrage of shamer, shamer, right. shamer. I, right. you know, I,
0: it's. But do we even care? Like, I mean, do, do you – like, when you see the amount of – um? Let's just say this. When you see the amount of vulgarity, Mm -hmm. sexual exploitation, and crudeness, when you see that in your face all the time on social media without people shunning that as being distasteful, non-classy, whatever you want to say, but when people accept it as the norm and then still... And they actually, some of our society elevates those people to an, era, uh, an right. area of prominence. Yes, that's where I think we're at now. Where maybe two guys in their fifties are looking at this and just saying, "This is just insane." Right? Like, I don't know what world am I living in? You
1: yeah, know? and and if and if you criticize it, you'll be called a fossil. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I don't. The criticism doesn't bother me, but I but I do think to your
0: point earlier it's incredibly bad for society when. When constructive criticism of any kind gets um, gets shamed yes. or gets beaten down right. or the, the cancel culture rises
1: up and tries okay. to hurt somebody, yes. because you're basically out there saying, wait a second. Well, but again, this is where it comes down to double standard and manipulation. And again, narcissism and mental health. Okay. They all work together. Yeah. Um, you'll find that that criticism or shaming – cancel culture or whatever. It's an opportunity to knock someone down a few pig pegs who they already didn't like. Mm, Okay. Okay. If it was someone who they wanted to do damage control for someone who they liked or loved, it's going to be this right that that pass. The hypocrisy of it. Oh my goodness. It's the hypocrisy of it. And the selective outrage is Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just over the top. So if someone gets shamed in any way and a lot of other people want to come to the defense of that person because they like them. Well, then Mm -hmm. there's no way around it because they'll do it for them because they like them. But if the same exact thing happened to someone they don't like, if if the same exact thing happened to someone who they don't like. Right totally different or you would just hear nothing um this is the thing uh, you That's know
0: happening right now in
1: society well how many times can you can it's to me the sound is deafening the people who say shh don't, don't bring that up just let that blow over right because it was a it would make it would make their friends look bad be it socially politically or mm-hmm. anything yeah uh don't bring that up right because that makes yeah you know don't allow them to make us look bad. That's how both political parties work. I think so.
0: One hundred percent. That's how they both are uh, all protecting their own. Yeah, they're covering up their own. Right. If, if the breaks of their own. Sure. You know?
1: It's political strategists at work. Yeah. If but if they have the opportunity to dump all over someone they don't like, they're going to maximize it. One hundred percent. Right. The opposite is damage control. Right. So uh, that really gets ugly and. Uh, I can remember ten years ago wanting to be all over the place, uh, getting really angry at people's comments that yeah. I, that I felt were disingenuous. Yeah. Uh, as I get older, I'm like, <laughs> just get me away. So I don't want to have anything to do with this conversation so I, I'm anymore. I'm
0: so I'm the same way. I mean, I definitely was teed off a lot. Uh, maybe the early two thousand two thousand tens. Social media was insane to me. Like I and I was still growing a guitar business on there, so I had not really watch what I say. But then eventually, I was like, "This is nuts." But I remember, I remember getting into some protracted internet arguments mm-hmm. over, like, like policy. It was not really even politics. It was over something. It could be in something as stupid as like you know, um, I don't know. I'll pick a subject like CD. The erosion of CD sales for revenues for bands and whatever it was. Okay. But I would get these protracted. I I they started out as discussions. I was trying to maintain my civility. I'm sure I lost my civility along the way. And after a while, I would walk away. I'd shut my phone off for a second or close the the laptop. What what the fuck am I doing? Right. Why? This person's out in the ether somewhere. Right. Even if I
1: knew them locally, but they're still not standing in front of me. Sure. I totally agree. But again, what if. Put it this way. What if you proved your point beautifully and you explained it eloquently and you won? Okay. That would only set that person off even worse. And that would only make that person freak out. And you'd be making the situation far worse for proving yourself right.
0: Yes. Okay. And the question is the word one, like one, one, what? Won the satisfaction of being Right. I mean, how are you ever going? To, how are you ever going to get that? Because they're not going to give you the affirmation. They're not going to say, "Okay, I was wrong." Right. Who the hell says, "Okay, I was wrong"?
1: I would like to think people still do it. Yeah, face to face. I would hope a little bit, but sure, rarely online. Very rarely. And I, you know, I always I love the idea of knowing that if I that if I speak with someone, there's a possibility there that I might listen to them speak, and then I might say. You know, I never thought of it that way. I need to. I need to research that. That's something that needs to be possible in the conversation. We've because, done that. We've done that on this show. Absolutely. Over, over all these. We've we've had moments
0: where all of my my guests. We we've that, that's happened here on this table, which is a great
1: thing. I think so. Doesn't happen online though. No, very, very rarely. Well, here it's a person in front of a person. Uh, online, it's. But it's behind the keyboard. Is it like so? Why? Why
0: are we struggling to always be right? Because I think that Americans will die on that hill, even when they know they're wrong. Yeah, I mean, you can see it in politics on both sides. I mean, there's examples. There's hundreds, tons of examples of where a certain subject has been proven to be wrong, or one way if someone likes this candidate or these group of candidates, they will die on that hill, even though they know inside. Right. Statistically and factually and scientifically, they've been right. proven the position is wrong. They'll die on that hill man, as opposed to just saying, you know what? On this particular issue, I think
1: I'm wrong. Right. I mean, that's like, that's not even, that doesn't even take a lot of humility to, no. me to do that. That's, that's humans being human or it should be. Um, The thing that's bad about the internet though is that you can find someone you can find one goofball behind a microphone who does support whatever the hell it is you need supported so there is a way to find someone who is an authority to support just about anything and um good point this is where if you're really really loyal To your company or to a relationship or to a political party or to anything. If you're overly loyal to that, it can become just embarrassing. That much loyalty can really be embarrassing because it can make you say things and defend people that really shouldn't be defended. Um, But again, being right is most important. So we have way too many people in conversations now. With what's driving the conversation is the winning thing, not the right thing. So this is where you see all these circular conversations coming from where this, you know, it's two people making points back and forth. But neither of them are trying to find the common ground. Neither of them are looking at hey, where do the lines overlap? Because there's often common ground in a ton of these situations. There's always common ground. There almost always is. But I feel like we're purposefully blowing that off. No, I, I need to pound you into the ground on this because I need to have some sort of leverage gained by beating you in this conversation.
0: Yeah. And I, this is
1: this is sad. I, 100%. Well, it, sad you can, stuff.
0: You, you can say that. Compromise now is be is viewed as weakness in our our
1: society. Right. Oh yeah. And and, and that's that's really horrible. And it's look, extremely horrible. Th- th- look look at you. You're doing your part, your little part, with c- long form conversations mm-hmm. with people in front of each other, mm-hmm. talking about things like this. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. There's mm-hmm. not enough of it. I mean, no, there's not enough. of it. Now that. there's a lot of podcasts.
0: Well, that's great. Yeah,
1: they all have a commercial bent to them, though. Yes. The thing, yes. You know? It's like and I it's, get it. it's a sales gig, I guess. I oh, sure, but it's people talking in front of each other—an actual yeah, it's physical conversation. presence it's a conversation. I, I want a
0: conversation, and you can, you know, whether there was a sponsor here or not, I was going to do the same thing. Yeah. I just want the conversation because if if it's not a conversation, then basically it's a sales line. Yep. I would agree. You know, it might be it might be couched as something else, but you know, in the end, if there's not a exchange between one, two, three, or four people, I'm just not interested. Right. Well, good for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can get all that shit by watching the television, or you know, you're going to hear a lot of one-sided, Ugh. and you can't even call them conversation. Just one, you can ingest a lot of one-sided, um, one-sided conversations. It's everywhere. You're, it's almost. Everywhere. I don't want to be dictated to by anybody. No. You know, I don't and even either. if it's really valuable information because we're you know, we'll go out and seek what we need. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes it's never really what's unique is you can't participate back to like refine the information. We're right. just kind of sucking it in as we get it, and then we have to disseminate it, take what we want, and I don't know. We we just don't we just don't have physical conversations anymore, Joe. And I think that's what we're, tr- what I'm trying to do in my own little world because it's just I want to be reminded when things were slower and people thought about what yeah. they heard and what they said and right. I don't know
1: I miss that able to uh, read people's facial expressions yeah. Yeah. I miss um, it uh, yeah no I do too and the only reason people watch this show or any podcast
0: I think is because deep down inside they're when they listen for somebody to watch us have a conversation about life anything. And or, and listen to it and or watch it. There, it shows to me there is a craving out there for like a real human connectivity when it comes to conversation that, that folks are obviously not getting in the way we
1: maneuver every day. They're not. They're not. So they have an option to check this but out. It's a shame they'd rather <sighs> like I. I
0: uh, the other way to look at it, Joe, be you know, it's a shame that people are watching other people live their lives. I mean, when you when you really sit and think about it, before the web, right? No I don't know how to say this, before the internet, there's no television station that would ever take the premise of two people sitting down and having an hour and a half conversation on you know current events or even just like in philosophy or anything. Because Nobody is going to sit and watch that because we were out living our lives and doing those kind of conversations every day. Yep. Those conversations don't exist today. No. So now it's a special thing to watch somebody else having the same interaction we did before the internet. Right. (laughs) Absolutely true. I know It's nuts. I, it is it's, nuts. It's so insane. If you told me years ago that people weren't going to talk to each other anymore, I would have said, you're out of your mind. Right. That's
1: what people do. Right. For that's better or worse, that's what they do. do. Right. But that's not what people do. No. How'd that happen? <sighs> Slow burn, I'm sure. We got here. But but like, holy shit. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, manipulation. Uh, a lot of the stuff you're talking about on TV, a lot of these shows, you know. It's a a slow process of manipulating people to bring them on as recruits for whatever the hell it is they need, you know, bring them on as recruits, convince people slowly but surely. Um, And this this ends up getting into a whole, well, you're a conspiracy theorist. Nah, I don't know about that. I don't think I'm a conspiracy theorist. I just think that I'm uh, you and I both. I think we're just awake. Mm-hmm. and aware mm-hmm. and processing life as it's coming to us. Well, we also had that frame of reference, right? So we actually,
0: being in mid-50s, we, I'm a little older than him, but we ha- were able to see and remember what life was like because I'm telling you or anyone out there listening who is younger than us, there is a there was a title shift in 95, 96. It wasn't a title shift instantly. It had to evolve. But when you look back on it, the introduction to the internet to society. And I don't mean years prior in just the scholastic academic era. Right, I sure. mean like the commercial end of when it really hit. When the commercial end of it that started the ball rolling toward less connectivity. You think the idea that we're all interconnected? Yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of connected. There's the we lost a lot of human connectivity because of this kind of stuff right doesn't happen because it's been replaced and and that was my biggest fear with covid i thought we would get through it but with the proliferation of zoom i didn't i hate it because it was like oh here we go like now we're gonna have excuses why we're not gonna go work together in buildings we're gonna literally be like these little satellites communicating all of our feedback our human feedback from screens and i hope that you know i hope we still have the ability to do this kind of stuff but zoom's not healthy no it isn't i mean it's
1: it's it might be functional for businesses yeah and but- I, and i get that there are times when it's required but no it's, i hope it is not seen as the way we communicate in in the future overall i still think conference rooms should be a thing <laughs> yeah i <laughs> and, do too I and do too. and hanging out at someone's house and just being present
0: yeah, we used, to, we used to sit in living rooms and dining rooms and coffee, right. you know, and, and what I don't understand is I mean, people still go for coffee, right? I mean, people oh, yeah. still, but that was like such an important thing in the 90s. Coffee houses were a thing, powerful. Starbucks started and, yeah. you know, came out of Seattle, it was a, th- but, but the Internet's kind of killed that off. Now Starbucks are very little seating anymore. The new ones they build, they just people come in and get their stuff and they go. They're not sitting and talking. And then when you do see someone sitting, they're at a one little table with their right. headphones on looking into a screen. And that's
1: that nuts. Right. Um, and you know, how important are communication skills? Huge. Oh man. But it's like we're trying to minimize the effect of it because of what's happened. You know, media-wise and social media-wise. What does that that?
0: even mean, like communication skills? Like, what does that even mean? Like, like you know, the idea of communication skills. What does that mean in 2022? I know how to turn my phone on. I know how to hit the right button and switch from app to app. I know how to work
1: uh, TikTok. Yeah, it's a different thing. (sighs) Sad, because you've shifted it to the technology as opposed to shifting it from talking back and forth with yeah, the, human.
0: The, the technology should be an aid yes to our human life right for convenience absolutely I, you know, but it really we're now immersed and it's hey i i can't stop anything not not that i should even try but i we're, you know we're headed for a virtual world now it, people are spending 75 dollars on sweaters for their avatar <laughs> sad sad what does that even mean yeah i know well NFTs, like, I know I own this digital art and it's worth this amount of money. Well, listen, asshole. Next time it pops up on my screen, I'm going to take a screenshot. Now I own it. Right. Fuck you. Right.
1: I'm Uh, sorry. Yeah. It's so stupid. It
0: it is. It's, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. uh, Yeah. If it's an old guy ranting, damn straight. Cause I don't understand it. Now, if it's a currency and it's, you can show me how it's a, it's a, it's, it's something to be collected and so forth. Okay. But if you're telling me, art which i ingest visually by the way i look at it i see it i I make a thumbs up or thumbs down by seeing it yeah you're telling me now the digital file which you can share with me on a phone but now you own that and that's worth a lot of money
1: (laughs) okay have fun with that right because i don't i don't understand it i don't either um i still feel
0: ready it's coming
1: yeah um art and creativity still has to be there and still has to come from a human Mm -hmm. or at least it has to be a human working, you know, pushing all the right buttons. Um, I feel that way in music. Mm -hmm. Um, No matter how much processing there is, nothing is going to be able to beat a real performance by a real experienced musician. Nothing will supersede that. And it doesn't matter how much gear comes out. Nothing will supersede that. Uh, I got to meet with Paul Wertico Yeah. From the Pat Band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was uh, an event in Cleveland. How cool is that? It was like meeting. Yeah, absolutely. Like I might as well have been meeting Stevie Wonder right or Donald Fagan or right someone on. like that. In my world, he was one of the drummers who I just oh, yeah. constantly li- listened to. So now we're both Dream Symbols artists. Very right? cool. Congratulations. So, oh, man. It's so nice to. Yeah, have him be uh, yeah a guy who I we're it's both a, in it's a label and, mate. It is yeah, it's really cool. So uh, he was doing a, a, a seminar kind of a thing, a clinic in Cleveland, right on, and it was a dream symbols event as well. So I went and I got there right on time, and man, there were f- thirteen people there, and yeah. I'm going oh. yeah, but it, yeah uh, also. I thought to myself, hey, it's going to be a great chance to talk with him a lot. So I basically dominated the entire clinic. You know, so good, good for you. It was great. Yeah. Um, and we talked about a, a bunch of his stuff with Pat Metheny because he was with him for 18 oh, years. Yeah. And I had a great conversation with him about uh, the performance of Pat Metheny's music. And I did a gig recently with Scott Anderson, mm-hmm. which when we talked about this. Paul Vertico said that one of the first things that Pat Metheny ever said to him was, "Hey, I want you playing on top of the rhythm. I want you playing ahead of the beat, a touch, as opposed to behind, behind and right. making it making it swing and making it feel nice and funky and comfortable. To push it a little bit. Yeah, he wanted it above the quarter note, and and in in these terms, we're talking nanoseconds. Yeah, but you can hear it though. You can hear it. So." um pat metheny said to paul he said my music is too pretty he said if you lay back and play it comfy and, and groovy in uh my music's gonna sound like uh yeah, yeah half-baked jazz yeah like like Fuzak i get it yeah, up in the you know uh, up in the, the music the in the music, ceiling yeah so he said to him he said Paul, I want you playing on top. He said so the rest of the band will will be back just slightly nanoseconds behind the quarter note, but I want you ahead, and Can I you want you play on American Garage. No, that was Danny Gottlieb. Okay, but right That's after right. that came Paul. Paul was right after um, him. Okay, they, I mean I'll send was you. Was Bryce Size Life? Well, Size Life was before American Garage, right? Uh, correct. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um and uh, so this created. The, in the Pat Metheny group, the rest of the band being a hair back of the quarter note, but Paul Wartico being a hair in front of it to create tension. Well, okay. If we're only talking about gear and we're only talking about media and technology and everything that isn't human, mm-hmm. I don't believe you can really achieve this. Mm-mm. I don't believe you can achieve what Pat Metheny and Paul Wartico were talking about. Agreed. And that is, to, to even be talking about those two guys, like the level of musicianship there is oh, certainly above the stratosphere. Certainly. Right? And a guy who I idolized from 1985 right. until right. right now. Right on. Um, that conversation, and then going to the stage and executing it and smiling and knowing that you're nailing it, that cannot be done with signal processing. Mm-mm. It has to be. Human. Well, no, yeah,
0: it can't be predictable. It can't be. It can't be sterile, right?
1: And it's not necessarily can, something that can be dialed in on no, any gear, not at all. So uh, and they play off of each other, right? That's the beauty of oh, music, yeah. music, right? Yeah, I mean, oh no doubt. I, um, but it's the human element, and I can only hope that that human element remains. It has to. Yeah. I mean, otherwise, where where are we? headed and where are we going it's some sad stuff
0: was there ever a time um in your life as you look back on music in general were you ever worried that computers or processing or technology was going to take the humanity out were you ever worried about that
1: yeah uh yeah you can go all the way back to late 70s really because late early 80s right yeah um Although I don't think the, the the opportunity was quite there back then as much as it is now, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, it, that concerns me. Um, I think sometimes a younger band might need the help mm-hmm. in a recording situation. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I hear I hear stories now about you know this younger band or whatever, and they went into the studio and they sound great in the studio. Okay, and they go and play live, and it's like wow, they can't duplicate it. No, they can't. and But they made a great-sounding record, album, recording, whatever. whatever. Somebody made a great-sounding record. Yes. So Was it really them? Right. Was it? Um, you know, this is great in a lot of ways that recording studios can have that kind of power and make a great-sounding recording. Um, but these days... You have to play live to make money. It's not like you're, you could sell CDs or albums like you used to. So you gotta go, and I would think there would be value in doing a great show live. So how do you do that? If you have a recording that's ultimately more about the studio and not about what the musicians played. Now, am I allowed to shame the band? No, I guess not. Because now, now I'm a shamer. But yeah, if the yeah, band yeah. doesn't realize yeah. that there's an issue between the way they sound and the way the album sounds, because they, re- they recorded in a modern studio. If they're not recognizing that and no one tells them that, then they're going to go and play a lot of bad shows. <laughs> this, is, this is not good. And look. I'm I'm mm. I'm talking about only the bands that are in that situation. No, I understand. Um, I think for the most part, musicians are super open-minded and they understand. And when they listen to their own performance, they say, Oof, there's a lot of things here we need to fix. And they go into rehearsals and fix things so that their next show is better. Mm-hmm. I do that to this day. The mm-hmm. band does that to this mm-hmm. day. You got to you have to do that. Um without that, you could be protected by the technology in the studio and if you never play live, oh, you sounded great. And that's preserved forever, okay? But bands play live now.
0: Yeah, they do play live. I think they've always played live. The question is, how much of it is actually live? Right. That's another thing, too, where tracks, mm-hmm. you know, we, we had this conversation last time. I think tracks is like appalling to me, but it's only appalling because these bands that are using it now, they never used it prior, and they're using it now because of age and all that. I get that. Mm-hmm. But a younger person growing up today, tracks is always, if they're paying attention, tracks have always been a part of their live music experience. Yeah. Wait, so that's so what do you mean they, they don't think nothing of it well this band had some recording of some
1: stuff going on in the background and they played along to that and they don't think anything of that yeah there, i see i i guess i get i become the old guy when it comes to that um i've i've played to a click a lot and i've played the tracks a lot i have i don't love it um in a recording studio i i understand it more but um i think i'm just kind of selfish about it too i that's one more thing i have to make sure is in my earbuds or in my monitor that i have to be able to hear clearly and play exactly too otherwise it's going to be a train wreck band situation Mm -hmm. so to me that can cause some stress right um so i'm i'm old school i'd rather see the band just play everything yeah i think that's Organic and natural and all of that. But I get it. You know, there's bands who are touring and it's uh, far cheaper. Overhead is less to to be using tracks. So they do it. I'm not knocking it. I would just rather not. I get it. (laughs) <laughs> when we were kids, like live albums were a special thing,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, if you if you love the band or you kind of like the band, when they put a live album out, either it was great or it sucked. But right. you were able to discern. Yes, there was an intrinsic coolness that came with like a live recording, right? Definitely. But today, there's no delineation between that. I mean, are there no. are there live? Um, are are, the, are there still
1: live albums being no. produced anymore or uh, live recordings being produced well you could find them on spotify or youtube music or whatever you can find them there and i love listening to um to real musicians and the way that they change the song from the way it was originally recorded to how they're playing it live Okay, i love that i love when when the song grows and uh, that's a great thing but no I don't I, I mean r- a real live album. Um, well, Steely Dan just did uh, Northeast Corridor, mm-hmm. which is there a, a, a live release that Donald Fagan just recorded uh, this, was, this came out six months ago and it sounds unbelievable but it really wasn't a live album per se okay It was last year. Year and a half ago, and they were towards the end of the tour, and they were dialed in. Okay. And Steely Dan, I mean, I'm sure you know, like yeah. the band is unbelievably yeah. of course. good. Um, of course. It's just, I mean, I, we, uh, my friend Dee Dee and I saw them. Fagan's a at, weird guy, but he definitely put a co- collection oh. of, of uh, musicians together. Oh, i gotta give him that. We went and saw them at Heinz Hall last year, and I mean, we just were like, yeah. Every yeah. musician, yeah. top of their game. Of course. So, Donald Fagan ended up doing a live album basically just because he felt the band was killing it at that time. They were like to the last week of the tour. So he got with the front of house engineer and said, let's record like five, the last week of shows. So that was the Northeast Corridor of the tour. So that was that's the name of the album. And it sounds unbelievable. I mean, the the, the version of um, Asia, that's on there with Keith Carlock. I mean, it's just it just sounds brilliant, and they do a version of Ricky Don't Lose That Number on there that sounds unreal. Oh my goodness, it's just so great. And Black Cow, mm-hmm. it just sounds beautiful. Now that is a live album, yeah. But it wasn't like he planned on it. Like the gear is good enough now, and the musicians are like that at that level. You can just r- record from the front of house engineer records six shows and there, there's your live album very very i don't want to say very easy but it's not like recording a live album you know when frampton comes alive right, or exit right, stage right, left or right, anything like that right, it's right. a totally different thing so i i love live albums but again a live album i guess i'm a purist a live album ought to be live without doctoring or any meddling of the performance this is where i'm coming from yeah no i, I i'm
0: right there with you man i'm like uh it, i don't know anymore when i think about music and again i'm not buying a lot of new music and i haven't for a long time but i don't know what is quote-unquote real anymore and what i what's you know you know uh, manufactured now again again some of the albums we dug as kids were very manufactured i get all that so it's not really fair for me to compare generations but i don't under that whole
1: i don't even know what a live album actually means in 2022 right i i understand what you're saying i do um unless you dig and dig and find info on exactly how a recording was done you don't know
0: yeah, and I guess in the end, if people like like it, it doesn't really matter how it was constructed. True, I guess if they're buying it and paying the money
1: for it, it's, yes, you know that's the, that's all the proof they need right there. But I mean, I, you know, look, I I get it. You know, talking this way, it's like oh, you're you're an old man. You're a grumpy old man.
0: We are who we are. We right. can't we can't change
1: that. You write I mean, it down, down just, and I'll sign we it. We just have a long
0: you know, We have a longer. Again, I think that's a funny thing. Like you know, if you if you play off. Um, but people say you know well you're an older generation talking about not understanding the younger generation that's been going on for forever forever right centuries and that's okay uh, but but we have a longer frame of reference because we can remember things and see things in the kaleidoscope of life the peaks and the valleys yep. and all that stuff um, it doesn't make it right or wrong and I, I don't think I'm grumpy about things I'm sad that society's kind of screwed up in a lot of ways right now so in I a lot am. of ways but I don't begrudge the youth their way of doing things i just don't have to like it right you know what i mean i don't have to like it either yeah but i definitely give them the the, i'm not going to sit there and tell them they should not do that they wouldn't
1: listen anyways we didn't listen that's right yeah that's part of being young um i i heard an interview with vince gill recently Mm -hmm. and the interview asked him um you know what do you think of modern country music today Mm -hmm. and vince gill said you know I don't want to talk bad about it, but it's not my cup of tea. However, I'm sure that I wasn't Merle Haggard's cup of tea when I played 100%. in uh pure Prairie league in 1973 or whenever that right, was. Right. I'm sure that, uh, Charlie pride and Willie Nelson didn't love what I was doing back then. So if everybody was just liking the same thing all the time, then would all be hitting on your grandmother. Mm hmm. And yeah. no one wants that. Right. So it, no, no, no one, wants one wants that. So <laughs> it, this it has to. It, it part of it is a healthy progression. It to me, it all comes down to: Are you being truthful? And uh, are you performing genuinely? And you know, look, I, w- I wish I, w- I wish I were not a better songwriter. I wish I were a songwriter. I mean, uh, I, I wish I had that. Ability, mm-hmm. I really don't. Mm-hmm. I can add to a song with what right. I do. And I have great ideas, I right. think. But I'm not a songwriter, unfortunately. Um, being genuine about the songwriting and the performance of the song, being genuine and transparent and thorough in life, socially, with everything we just talked about. This is what's what the essence of positive positive being is and mental health is and we talked about narcissism earlier Mm -hmm. um i mean i'm I'm going through this right now some things some things in life are never going to be right Mm -hmm. some things in life are never going to be corrected uh, no matter how much you prepare no matter how unfair you think it is no matter how um, much You try to fix things. Some issues in life. 100%. Are never going to be right. Um, it's been like for me recently, it's been hell for the last right. couple of years. Right. Um, but I'm lucky enough that I'm able to find therapy and I'm able to find uh, closure where there was none mm-hmm. with a bunch of these issues mm-hmm. that I'm going through. Right. Mm-hmm. So, between having you know you find it where you have to find it between having friends yep, great friends great family and i have all the musicians who i play with right on. i have i have the sun king warriors you yeah. know I, i'm i'm thankful for that because certainly being a music enthusiast performing music especially for people who are interested there's a therapy there that nothing else can do. I've seen, I've seen psychologists and are great, but nothing helps me like playing music. Right. Nothing helps right. me like that. Right. 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 Um, with, I mean, I'm sorry to say it, but without it, I'd be in a mental institution. Got it. And I mean that in a positive way. Yeah. I have the outlet. Mm-hmm. Um, f- fine cigars help. Absolutely. Uh, working out helps mm-hmm. uh, meditation, yoga. I do all that, but, my, you know, music is the is just the greatest and I I don't know where I'd be without it. I don't. Yeah. Um, so I would I really want to say, you know, shout out to all the music therapists. Jim Donovan. Mm-hmm. This is this is what he does with percussion um, and, and Riley and everybody who is a real um, music therapist, either either officially and formally because that's their gig or just people who love music and support it and perform it. Um, there's a therapy there that it, it has to be, it has to continue. Um, I don't believe that. I don't believe that psychologists and psychiatrists can do that at that level. And I think there's a lot of psychologists and psychiatrists who would agree with me on that. Okay. Maybe not all, but I don't, I don't know where the hell I'd be without it. I mean it's been it's been a r it's been rough recently. It's a lot of like, loss. Music's almost like magic in a way. It really is. You know? It really is. And um for me, um being a music enthusiast performing it, um, stand up comedy as well. I I don't ever wanna not have it. I I have to have it. Yeah. Um I hate, to, I hate to keep sta- stating it, but I don't know where I'd be without it right. um, So that is just invaluable and I don't, I don't ever want to be without it. so um, maybe it's just you know as I get as I get older, maybe I'll just be playing in my basement you know and doing videos for for sonar and, you know and for yeah. Dream or whatever. Yeah. Um, I hope that's not soon at all. Right. Um, I am so thankful. That I have the chance to play sure. with with you're Jim, the, gra- and, and, you're the great band, and with the Sun King Warriors, yeah. and um, I mean it's just been awesome. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, I got to play uh, with Scott Anderson and with Pete Hewlett mm-hmm. in Finleyville at, at my cousin's place. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had been a long time since I played with them. Just and I remember walking out of it thinking, man, it was great to play with those guys again. But it's the therapy. Yeah, it's the therapy. Yeah. So this is what helps you to become at least somewhat comfortable with a horribly uncomfortable situation. Certainly. Um, I have a great friend. um, I have a great friend named Tanya who I was talking to about everything. And she said, look, you've got to figure out a way to find it in, in yourself. To create your own closure if there's none and you got to figure out a way to become at least somewhat comfortable with the extremely uncomfortable right there is a way to do it and that's where the power is because you cannot control all of the unbelievably unfair things that are going to happen to you out there Yep. you can't you can't nope so and when she said that to me it really resonated like wow that's true control
0: us we right. delude, delude ourselves sometimes into thinking we can control it, but we can't.
1: We can't. And the, what we can control is this and right. this. This is where the mental health part of it comes right. in. Right. And, 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 you know, being thorough. And transparent, and understanding it, and building yourself up, mm-hmm. so that you have the ability to handle mm-hmm. so so many of the horrible things that happen in life. It's been really really rough, but I'm thankful for my friends. I certainly, and, I, and I'm so thankful for music. It's just, it's 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 the greatest. It's got to be there, um, and I have it, and it makes me very happy. Yeah. Well, you're playing with an unbelievable band. Thanks. Thanks. I mean, that's
0: like I mean, and you're also playing with a band. I mean, that's a, that's a real
1: band. I, I, I would agree. You know? um, it that's is a, a real band. It's a band concept. And um, man, I've been I've been in the band now six years, seven years already. It's right wild. It's hard to believe. But um, I think what we do is really unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know I was in an agency band for f- 25 years, right? And great musicians, but you're playing cover tunes Mm -hmm. that are basically using standard arrangements all the time sure now it was it was high level of that but i was still playing convention centers and high-end wedding receptions so i we certainly weren't the focal point that's for sure sure i met a lot of great musicians that way and i and i think it helped me to become a better player but over the past six seven years i've been playing with the sun king warriors Mm. and now all of a sudden it's not just the fact that I could wear jeans and a T-shirt if I want, but we're now. Like, that helps. Yeah, it does help. <laughs> it's but now we're playing original music, right? And I, I, I got to tell you, it's just it's glorious. Yeah. You know, um, the mental therapy and the and the and the, um, and the and the music therapy part of it. It wasn't there playing agency gigs. I love the musicians, right? But it wasn't there. Right. These guys, I can be to the second to last song of the set, or the last song of the set, and be happy, but be unhappy that the gig is ending, right? Because that's how f- that's how much fun I'm having, right? On. And I don't want to stop that, right? right? On. Um, playing agency gigs, even playing. Uh, this is this is tough to say, but even just playing in a cover band, mm-hmm. um, I've done it. I've done it for decades, right? And it's 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 it ran its course for me, sure. So playing original music and being able to. Work on the arrangements with Jim sure. of these tunes and sure. being able to arrange the songs however we want to. There's a certain uniqueness to it that I was craving. Got it. I didn't know I was, but I was craving it. So, again, I'll thank Jim for the therapy. <laughs> because, he I mean, it's just unbelievable the amount of help um, that I've received through through this music. You right. know? It's just killer. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Um, and a whole new family of musicians that i've met um these gigs we're playing the blue heron festival up in new york right. coming up and that's right. a great festival a lot of great gigs and um you know our and a fan base that's interested and no doubt really interested
0: no doubt. um you're just amongst your people man
1: yeah yeah we are and um we have a great like 5 or 6 minute drum break thing that we do mm-hmm. that is all about the therapy and i you know uh, thank god for it man i know it sounds corny but it's Nothing corny about it at uh, all it's it's just the greatest and i'm just uh, i'm i'm blessed i'm blessed so um thank god for it man thank god right, for give me it. a recap again what's going on next saturday night okay so uh june 25th doors are at six i'm pretty sure mm-hmm. um that means we're probably going to play at seven to like eight fifteen is my guess. Right on. Uh, there's going to be stage AE, the stage AE, Pittsburgh. Uh, where there's going to be a lot of videographers there. We're recording a whole bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, uh, that's will, exciting. Yeah, we will have Lee Marks at the at the front of house engineer, so he's mixing right us. Right on. So that's only going to make things even even better. I believe there's going to be drones doing video that's as well. Insane. Oh, it's going to be nuts. That's insane. It is. It is. Um, but, you know, that's one of the good things about technology is we can do cool oh, stuff man. like that to, to record these gigs. Um, because, you know, it's just like, look, we, we just lost um, Seals and Crofts. Yeah. You know? um, and, you know, that this is what they meant when mm-hmm. they said, uh, we may never pass this way again. Mm-hmm. Right. Brilliant song. Uh, it was a uh, Jim, Jimmy Seals, I believe, yeah. is, is who passed away, and he was 81 years old. But it's hard to believe. It, it is, but the thing is, is um, I I expect that we're going to play stage JE for a crowd like that a bunch more. Sure, but you don't know, no, because don't. we you may don't. never pass this way again. So um, I think you have to record audio, video, everything, um, because it's special. And you know when you're when you're feeling down and you feel like life's beating you up, you you might want to go back and visit watch it. that. Yeah, man. You I mean, know, there's this, there's, and we document everything in this world, right? Right, right. And I, and I'm not talking about recording with this. No, I'm talking about a real a real a real video. Record. Right. So. Um, that is just really really helpful and um so between those guys and sonar drums and dream symbols i got to mention them Absolutely. i mean they've just been so Absolutely. helpful Jim and i both are just loving playing this kit it sounds like cannons and uh and uh you know our 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 whole our whole uh system loves them mm-hmm. right lee loves them it's dialed in i can't wait to hear that kit through that pa at stage ae i just can't wait next Saturday so we'll this, by the time this
0: gets out it'll be uh, it'll probably be about four or five days away yeah there you go man yeah Appreciate you coming in, dude. Hey, listen, Eric. That's thank a little you. bit of a drive for you, so I do appreciate this, man. Yeah, but no, I, I like our sit downs. though it,
1: absolutely, I like them we'll too. We'll do more. And we'll do more. Again, it's you know, this is therapy that I wouldn't normally get. So yeah, right on. I have you to thank, buddy. I really I, do. And
0: also, I'm I'm going to say this now. I'm going to put him on the spot. I'm waiting for Mr. Muckle to come on this. Um, yeah, we're trying to coordinate times. I, I, and when
1: I saw you just had Bobby, in. I did. Right,
0: and the, then after Matt comes in, and we get our one-on-one, I'd like to have you, Bobby, and Matt on the show. I'm yeah, gonna, I want a drum show man sure and of course if we ever get uh, mr jim on here again we love it to do that too but absolutely um i could yeah. do a show with some drummers on yeah collectively, well, I mean, I, that would be some
1: fascinating conversation for it me would. Yeah. a little be
0: dangerous but a little dangerous i mean
1: i've i've known matt a long time i've known bobby since 83 yeah. yeah right on i mean we grew up together same high school i mean we've yeah. been buds a long long yeah, time yeah yeah, that's what he said um just a great guy you know and that's the thing the, the musicians you meet, yeah, man. playing. I mean, I'm, I'm 40 years, I'm 40 years as a professional musician. Right on. Maybe even a hair more. Um, and man, the musicians you meet, the people you meet, mm-hmm. uh, nothing, never gets old. Nothing like it, man. Nothing like old. it. All nothing right, partner. Out. Thanks, my man. Thank you, buddy. Have a good one. All right, we're out.
0: That's next June, June 25th. June, June 25th, Saturday. Stay JE.
1: See you guys. See.
0: Ya.